Hello, filmmakers. Welcome back to episode five of FNI Rap Chat. Yeah, so this is the podcast uh, about and for Irish filmmakers, um, interviewing different kind of filmmakers, people working in the industry uh, every weekend. Uh, so yeah, it's been going well for us. Um, we hope you've been enjoying it and finding it useful. If you have any suggestions for people that we should talk to, just send us an email fni rap chat at gmail or get on to the facebook group uh or uh you can also get onto twitter what's the twitter yeah well, twitter handle is uh, fni underscore film um and you can also find us on instagram for regular updates of our events and workshops seminars and so on that's coming up yeah we're very exciting we're getting ready to go to Kerry for the Kerry film festival in Killarney uh if you are going to be down there um Saturday the 20th the 24th so we're down on uh yeah tomorrow uh so we'll be there from around lunchtime we'll be doing a uh our own podcast rap chat um if you've heard of it I believe it's very good uh <laughs> So yeah, we'll be doing a, a special uh, podcast down there. Live from Kerry, live. Um, and then afterwards we'll be running a speed networking film event where people can come and get absolutely smashed with uh, filmmaking business cards uh, and also alcohol. So yeah, please, if you're around, pop in. It's on at 6 o'clock in... Um, where is it on? It's on in Scott's Hotel at 6pm. Try and get there sharp though because, um, you know, it's we've, we've a good hour, hour and a half there. But it's wedged between screenings and events. So if you uh, go down and say hello and shake your hands and press some flesh. Yeah, so our guest today is John Connors. Uh, filmmaker, actor, producer, writer, uh, activist, documentarian. Uh, all those things. Um, really good conversation. Uh, quite inspirational about how he got into film and... Uh, all the different projects that he's going on. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it was a really good one. Um, so yeah, without any further to-do or ado, or what is it? Further ado. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah uh, John Connors. Enjoy. To uh, another episode of the Rappy Chatty with uh, the two Pauls. We're very lucky we're joined today by uh, a writer. Uh, am I right in saying writer, John? Yeah. Yeah, John's a writer and he's an actor, and you may know him from uh, some really interesting work he's he's been making over the last couple of years, and uh, such as uh, Love Hate and his uh, latest feature, Cardboard ba- uh, Cardboard Bankers. Gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> Cardboard Gangsters. Yeah. With a. Uh, Mark O'Connor uh, and is obviously a, a slew of really interesting short uh, shorts and just really uh, important work over the last couple of years. So uh, we're really grateful that you took the time out to come along. So thanks a million for having me. It's great to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Um, maybe you could just tell us about, I guess, growing up. Did you always have a love of film, and was it something that you thought you might end up doing at some point, or was it a surprise? Um. I, I was obsessed with film. Yeah. Never obsessed with being an actor or anything or getting into film. Like, uh, it's going it's to be hard to even describe how unrealistic that sounds 
you know, if you, I want to be an actor, right. or I want to be involved in film as yeah. a traveler, a young traveler, growing up, like that's it's literally like saying I want to go to the moon. It's like saying that. Right. So I, I never even thought of it because it's so unrealistic. Like I never ever thought of being an actor. Just love films, and then I, I remember my brother Joe. Um, kind of, I I was kind of I was battling depression. Not kind of, just you know, you're always shy talking about these things. But I was yeah. battling depression, yeah. and I was going to the point where I. I was going really, really bad, and I wasn't speaking to anybody. And uh, I was just kind of, uh, I just felt like I was in a cave and I couldn't get out, you know. My brother Joe reached out to me and said, look, I know you're depressed, and I know there's something wrong with you. Uh, you have to do something about it, you know. And I kind of put all my eggs in one basket, wanting to be a boxer for years, and a professional boxer. I was actually offered to go pro, but I lost my discipline, and I couldn't do it. I just gained loads of weight and right. just lost the love of boxing, you know. Yeah. And um, my brother Joe said, look, you need to do something else. You need to find something else. You've always loved film. And and he said, why don't you try acting? So it was just like a light bulb moment for me because a few years previously, I tried a bit of acting on a false course and I loved it. But I wouldn't even try to be an actor because I was too kind of ashamed and too kind of worried about what other people would think and what other travellers would think, you know. Yeah. So then uh, we Googled acting class in Dublin uh, on my brother Joe's laptop. And I rang up the Abbey School and I um, I just said, look, I'm looking for a course to do. I've never acted before. And uh, besides the tiny bit in Falls for a week or two, uh, Kathleen Warner Yates, who's the head of the, the the Abbey over there, she said, well, there's acting for fun, you know, and the, the kind of depressed uh, nature, you know, mood I was in, I, I, I don't for fun, just was like, please kill me. So I just, I just uh, anything more intense, you know. I was looking for therapy because I didn't yeah. have the courage to go to therapy. And yeah, she said, yeah. "There's a there's a scene study course, but look, they're all professional actors." And I said, "Look, I'll do it anyway." You know, acting fearless. And I went. I think I gave me last two hundred ninety five euro for the course, or got into a tenner off it for the bus. I think. And uh, I went in and I did the the class, and I sat down for the first night and uh, we were all sitting around the circle and everybody was like well, you know I did two years in Gaiety and I did three years here and I was like fuck I'm <laughs> fucked there now. and they came around to me and went, like I've never acted before and they were all kind of little giggles and whatever and I said how do we get out of here and I literally decided in that moment the next opportunity I have to leave the room I'm going to go because yeah. I'm bar- I was embarrassed right. and then uh, they did an improv where um, it was a shopkeeper customer and the customer walks through the door, and whatever the customer says, the shopkeeper has to go along with. So the customer dictates the scene. And the customer was this Dublin lad, uh, f- let's just say he was from, you know, an affluent background. And uh, <laughs> the, other, the other lad was from Brazil, and he was a black man, you know, a man of colour. And uh, the Dublin lad came in and was like, you know, um, I'm looking for, like, vanilla protein, and, you know, doing all this, whatever. But he ends up kind of, to me... Uh, was was uh, at minimum patronising to the Brazilian man, but even though it's kind of racial undertones, you know, and depression and anger are very linked, you know, very together linked. They're like cousins, and I just m- remember fantasising about throwing them out the second floor window, because I know what racism's like, you know. I, felt I got all my life badly, you know, yeah. so I related immediately to the Brazilian man, and then the scene ended, and the Dublin fella became the shopkeeper, and he looked for a volunteer to do the customer, so I volunteered. But when you volunteer, you have to go outside the door. So when I went outside the door, it was like it was like a dilemma: will I go now? This is my opportunity to go. Yeah. But anger superseded that. <laughs> so I opened up the door, I ran in, and I robbed the place. And he had to go along with it. So I took right. off his shoes, <laughs> took off his uh, trousers, slapped him, choked him, and uh, 
So it was like a mad rough sex porn or something. Like that. Um, <laughs> Give me that vanilla then, protein. Uh, That's the teacher mine. Came in, yeah, <laughs> the teacher came in and she was like roaring to stop, you know. And I says, "Oh, sorry." So I ran out then down the stairs and down two or three stairs, and she was roaring out to me, "John, John, come back!" I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going." And she was like, "Please come back, please." And she said, "Look, uh, don't do that again. Uh, okay. Please don't put your hands on anybody." But there was something there. Let's harness that, and I ended up kind of doing. I walked out of the, the acting class that night. I was walking down Lower Abbey Street and everybody was just looking at me on the street and I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's because I, my smile looked, looked looked so weird because I hadn't smiled in about two years. Right. I was like a joker smile face to face. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it then. Like I just went every week and was started reading up books and Meisner in Strasbourg and this kind of thing. And just kind of got obsessed with it. To be honest. It was the, something that I was able to latch on to. Latch on to. Okay. And kind of forget about all the dark shit, you know. Right. It's brought me an open new world I never knew existed. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this place? Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, you know. Yeah. Wow. And when was, what was the first kind of thing that you started making or being on screen or was it, were you thinking about writing at that point? Um, the, the first acting class I don't have thought about writing, I thought about okay. Carbon Gangsters. Right. As an idea, you know. Yeah. But um, I I think I, I was about, I did about six months of acting classes and I was up in my boxing club and this woman came up a casting director and she was looking for tough looking guys for love hate as extras. Mm. Mm. And I went to look, uh, Jerry, me trainer who was doing acting classes and Joe, and he suggested me and I said, ah, I wouldn't bother doing an extra, but then she was seen that I was kind of keen and whatever. Said, well look, there's a, there's a role here, it's like a special extra, you get a couple of lines. And I went, oh, okay, all right, well, that's interesting. So she put me name now and I was waiting on the call or whatever. And then in the meantime, I heard of this uh, film that was getting cast at King of the Travelers. And they wanted real travellers or whatever. And uh, I was asking one of my friends who was in the club who was casting in the lead of it to get me in, you yeah. know, to get me in and give me an audition. And he was kind of wouldn't help me to get an audition, you know. <laughs> but I ended, I ended up getting an audition separately. And I remember Mark tells the story. I was outside an hour before the auditions. Was there so keen, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went in there and uh, I was with loads of travellers and none of them ever acted. And, if, and Mark says, we're going to do a bit of improv. And they're all like, what, what do you mean improv? What's improv? I said, I know what improv is, so I ended up doing an improv with Mike Collins. And uh, quite frankly, I thought I nailed it. I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm yeah. a partner. Yeah. But anyway, Mark never got back to me for like six weeks, you know. And But he ended up writing the part into the script for me. Okay. But then we did like two months of rehearsal, rehearsals on the lead, who was a friend of mine who couldn't get me in. But friends of mine since kids, he got sacked and I got the lead. No way. And then uh, just before that, that's when I shot the first thing I ever done was with Love Hate. And it was yeah. a scene with Nidge. Uh, and it was just making him the pipe bomb, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and then after that, like when Love Hate came back around, I just seen Stuart Carlin and the Galway film line, he wanted to bring me back. And he was like, I don't know how to bring you back. But I was there looking at him all the time right. as to how to bring him back. Yeah. But he says, I want to bring you back. And then I ended up being that whole storyline, you know? Okay. And did he kind of involve you? In yeah. the story, in the writing of it. Oh yeah, like I was every day. Like I didn't write it, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. just giving them everything I could, right? You know, because mm. he wanted to nail the culture, and he wanted to know like how drivers would speak when they're around yeah. alone by themselves, and no yeah. settled people in it. Yeah, how yeah. would he speak? What sort of words he use? And we yeah, even got yeah. to use a bit of the gamma in our language as well, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the things was get like, and she was so clever in the way he used it with a couple of words here and there. Yeah. Like there's a word in it. Which can mean many different things, yeah. depending on its usage in the context. Yeah. And in one scene, I said to my brother uh, to get get this fiend here in Inic, and it's obvious it's a gun because Fran has just asked for a gun. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I use yeah, it that yeah. way, and I end up being like a hashtag get this fiend in Inic. Right. You know what I mean? so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cleverly used it. He's, yeah, very, yeah. he's a very smart man. Yeah, Stewart, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a real sign of a 
a smart writer. Yeah, he knows yeah. how to use that kind of uh, the authenticity and you know yeah. bring it out. Bring He's him. a sponge essentially. Yeah, mm. pick yeah. up everything around him and work it out yeah. in some way. And ask lots of questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, how did you uh, uh, how did you from, uh, first come across Mark O'Connor? Well, that was uh, Mark ended up walking into the building. I was outside waiting with my hands in my pocket. I was just seeing Mark, and Mark seeing me, we kind of gave each other a look. <laughs> and uh, then he, I remember him looking out the second floor uh, building, and he was looking down on looking down at me, and I was outside the button factory. He was in the film base. And I was looking up at him, and he later on says, I knew you were coming for the audition. I said, it was the big traveller ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. We met in that room then, and uh, we hit it off, because he's a, he's a Connor, and I'm Connor. It was essentially the same name, you know? Just different abbreviations, and we kind of had, we know our history a bit. We know our Okra Horror history, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was, that's a kind of another connection. Every time we get drunk, we say we go back many years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was the first meeting, yeah. And you've made three films together now, is that right? Yeah, because then, like, well, on the set of King of the Shadows, I was telling Mark about a play I was writing about mental illness and about schizophrenia. And uh, it was essentially about my father, you know? Who, who really, who was the one who got me into films, you know. Right. He was obsessed with films and he had an encyclopedia yeah. knowledge of films. And right. He was a great impressionist. Yeah. And uh, when he, when he'd go on the kind of mental episodes, he'd do impressions of people like Bruce right. Lee and whatever and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah. And then I was telling Mark about that. He said, that's really interesting. And Mark was saying, I know this fella, like, who lives in Randall and he's a bit of a stalker, a bit of a weirdo, like, but he's harmless. But then we kind of combined both stories. We said, let's... Okay. Mark talked about doing something like for no budget, you know, yeah. with no restrictions, just freedom, you know. Yeah. And uh, I said, look, I'm all over it, let's do it. So I met him, I would say about three weeks after King of Shadows, and we met down in Sandy Cove. I think we wrote about 40 pages in two or three hours of the script, and just just wrote itself. Right. And even like little things happening, like um, we were in the cafe writing, and uh, that uh, Christmas, that famous fucking Christmas song, Oh, that it's the, it's a fucking hymn or a fucking, a fucking what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? The famous the fuck? Uh, Christmas. Oh, it's really what? Ah, <laughs> oh, bastard, bastard! Uh, hangover, damn hangover. <laughs> um, anyway, even when we were writing it, we knew that was good. That yeah. that was on the cafe, and we used that in the end, and all of us. It was everything around you. Was everything just happened. Way, yeah. its way into so we decided to do it as an experiment. So write it really quick, and then shoot it really quick. And have it funded by all online donations. Yeah. So we ended up being the first crowdfunded film ever in Ireland. Right, right. Yeah. And then also, you know, post production, do it all experimental herself the whole way and distributed the whole way herself. You know? yeah, yeah. And it did really well. Like critically, we did. We did and great. That, that was Stalker. Right? Stalker, yeah. And That's the one with uh, Barry Keegan as well. Barry Keegan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Keoghan, yeah he's a, that was his first role. Wow. Really? Yeah, that was his first real role. Like he did King of Travers and Between the Canals, but it was only little roles Mark yeah. And we decided to give him a big role because right. we could both see yeah. he was very keen yeah. and there was something about him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, I'm telling you, this, this fella has it. So me and Mark kind yeah. of wrote a part that was sort of loosely kind of inspired by Barry's own life and, and okay. uh, I don't want to get too much into his family life because uh, it's none of my business but he had a rough old upbringing you know right. yeah. so yeah. it's kind of we wrote it kind of around around him and uh, and it was a lot of personal stuff for him that he could easily relate to right what was it like working with him oh great like he was a little bollocks to be honest with you at times <laughs> I'm going to be honest you know? but like I tell Barry that to his face and you know, you know Barry's me and Barry get on great, but like there was a scene I remember where I meant to be fucking, uh, we meant to be, he was meant to smoke in the scene and he wouldn't smoke, just wouldn't smoke. Like, no, <laughs> no I'm not smoking, no. I'm not smoking. It's like even don't inhale it, like, just no, no, 
Alright, okay, fine, fine. And then uh, like another one where like he like I think we we were meant to be doing the lines and he didn't do the lines. He was still improvising, which I love doing. But let me know if we're improv- improvised or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also like then he was just like start ignoring me in scenes and he was doing the lines and <laughs> improvising started ignoring me but then you look back and it's fucking genius yeah, yeah it's yeah. all this behavioural shit and I'm like why is he fucking ignore me <laughs> I was saying the mark you know which kind of gave me an acting lesson as well in yeah. it, you know but um, whatever it is about Barry he just has this natural thing man where he's just there immediately like he's right. just there right that's it you know what I mean yeah, there's yeah. no you know yeah. and, but he's no and it's like he just feels his way through a scene you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's great you know and would you think so, like, is there a danger with acting classes that you know you, so, certain actors could lose that sheen if you try and polish it or anything like that? I think it's up to yourself, really. I, right. I think it's really, really that goes down to an individual. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it for me, yeah. Yeah. Right. But but then I look at someone like Tom Ball Aller, yeah. who's trained to the hilt, yeah. and a man's a demon. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. in the same that man, and it's it's freaky. Right. I mean, the first time doing scenes, and I was like, who was yeah. this right. energy in front of me? You know right. what I mean? Because yeah, it wasn't Tom Ball Aller. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It was Nidge. Yeah, yeah. So it works for him. Yeah, yeah. So it depends, man. It yeah, depends. Yeah. I think it, you need to see what works for yourself. I'm no one to, I'm not giving out any advice like that. Yeah, yeah, Fucking, yeah. I did acting classes and just a one day a week thing and I did different courses. And what I loved about yeah. that was every course was di- different people. So you got to like just interact with different people. And I learned more from yeah. meeting new people all the time. Yeah, doing yeah. scenes with new people rather than the same people maybe for okay. two or three years in a college maybe. Yeah. Wouldn't have suited me, but maybe it was just because... I have no kind of tolerance for for, for boredom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically. And what do you really like in a director or what do you admire in a director? Um, like, uh, like, I remember I got on set one time this, this, this fellow was a fucking cunt like he was just, just <laughs> trying to, trying to construct your performance. Right. And like, it was hard not to rip his head off. Right. And I'm not yeah. one, and and you might be getting the wrong impression there because I'm not one to argue with directors and all yeah. not that yeah. like that. No. And I've never really done it, to be honest with you. But this fellow was just so out on the ledge. Right. And he was going over, I want you to say it like this and and maybe say it like that and then think about this and the, get the fuck. Yeah, I yeah. end up saying to him, I said, listen, don't tell me how to act and I won't yeah. tell you how to direct. Yeah, You're yeah. literally, in, well, I don't want to give it away. What a set of cunts name! <laughs> but this fella had only previously worked with students. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, in his yeah, own yeah. class, and they were right. acting in his film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they were all fucking shit, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he yeah. felt he had to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't. It was another kind of big name was on the project as well, and he he tore him a new asshole. He went next level, but he did in front of everybody. At least I pulled him aside, you know. Right. Uh, but just trying to construct and getting away constantly and stopping the flow of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because also he has his own image and vision himself and it has to be exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. But art isn't like that. Yeah. It isn't like that. You have to be open to change and move around. Yeah, you know? not, a, not everybody can be a Stanley Kubrick. Not at know? all. It can't be word for word. Something. So yeah, to go back yeah. to what a good director does, what a good director, a good director does is make you feel like you own the character. You own it. You, let yeah. the, you own it because you do. Yeah, you yeah. own the character. I'm only here to help you. And goes in, and maybe, maybe when you're stuck and you can't break a barrier, they'll say something, they'll spark it, something clever. They go back to the script because a good good director knows the script even better than the actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And give you a little thing, or give you a hint of something, or or even something when something's not working for both of you, even maybe says give you a different motivation. Even yeah. well, think about what about when he looked at her instead of looking at her like he's in love, he's looking at her like he wants to yeah. rape her. 
Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One director said that to me literally. Right. I don't want to say it. Was, <laughs> but it was a different. It was, was like, Harry wow. Weinstein, wasn't yeah. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a film all about sexual and all, you know, and all sort of whatever. So, you know, little things like that. Come over yeah. and save you. And okay. ask, over, ask and, questions. Yeah. Yeah, ask and, questions. And ask you a question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about this? Yeah, and yeah. then you question, why do you think that? Right. Hmm, that's interesting. And yeah. then you're thinking about it yourself, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, again, just remind the most simplest thing ever. Yeah. When, and when young fellas and all ask me about actor acting and all, I go, when you go on a set, right, the hardest thing I learned that I looked back on was looking at your performance that wasn't in continuity with each other. Because you could be shooting the last scene of the film on yeah. the first day and blah, 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 blah. And just a very simple taking a breather going, right, up until this point I've done this, 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 and mm -hmm. I'm in this scene now. Yeah. So by then I should be I should be really kind of shaken yeah. by then. Yeah, That's yeah. the most simplest thing ever. And a good director will remind you of that. Yeah. So you don't even have yeah. to worry about that. Now, yeah, you should yeah. be doing it yourself anyway, yeah. but a good director will be going to you and go, yeah. now remember the scene previous to this, not only that, before yeah. that as well. And stuff we haven't shot yet, yeah. so you have to interpret that. What would right. you be thinking there, you know? Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. That's the best, because then you can see the continuity in a performance. Gotcha. That's what I'm only starting to do now myself, being right. able to do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. To learn from mistakes, <laughs> and then say going from doing a lot of acting, a lot of shorts and stuff, you kind of did a lot of documentaries on the track. What was that like? Was that a completely new experience as well? Yeah, it was, man. Yeah, I met Kim Bartley. Um, she's very much Stuart Carlin, love it, writer. So I met her at uh, I think it was a Matthew McDonald fight, but John Joe Nevin was fighting on the undercard, and she did a documentary with John Joe Nevin. Yeah, and he wanted me to show up and meet him in the, in the dressing room, which I was glad. To. And me and John Joe Nevin actually boxed on the Ireland team together. Um, in the Four Nations years ago, both of us won gold medals over there. So I met him a few times. I knew him, and um, so I met her afterwards. And she was just like, uh, we talked for hours, you know, just yeah. hours after the fight. Yeah. Uh, about documentaries and all. It was I love documentaries. I watch more documentaries than I do films, you know. Yeah. And uh, so let's see if we can do something together or whatever. And I I mentioned to her that I wanted to do something about uh, travelernicity and get the kind of campaign up and running, you know. Yeah. Because uh, being the kind of only traveler involved in film, yeah. bring maybe that element to it, you know. So yeah. I'm going to do like uh, videos like the Yes campaign or whatever, you know, yeah. and get people support the politicians or whatever and celebrities. And I mentioned that to her and says, Look, why don't we just do a documentary about kind of modern day contemporary animal travelers? Yeah. And then I says, Yeah, great idea, but like completely lose no idea of it, of what we we're going to do with it, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened was Carrick Mines happened. Right. And we ended up starting it quicker than uh, we just started immediately. Then okay, we're yeah. just there on the scene of the grime and yeah, yeah. and kind of trying to interview people and, and yeah. the Glenamook things and the races things and then yeah. uh, it ended up being like like a documentary that really affected a lot of people. You yeah, know? and I, then the late late interview with Ryan Tuppy happened before yeah. it came out. Right, and then it'd be like for the first time, drivers discrimination, racism. Yeah was seen in a way where people could actually empathise because you've seen people, 11 people dead yeah. and their family being completely rejected. Yeah. They delayed the interview. There was a lot of controversy around it, yeah, yeah. which kind of helped it, you know, helped the yeah. whole thing, helped the documentary. Then. Yeah, it was an amazing piece of work. Mm. I, I think a lot of people were really affected. By yeah, 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 at the time too. Yeah. I seen it as well and I was like, Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. And then you went, was America after that? You're yeah, well, me and, me and, me and uh, Liam McGrath were already planned to do a documentary even before that. Right. But it was a bigger budget thing. It was BEI and all that and three-part series. Yeah. So I was kind of just waiting on that for a long time. Okay. And then that came around and we started doing that. Uh, we started doing that. I think we were about nine months doing that or whatever. And then when I just finished that, finished that um, or was in the edit for that, uh, I did cardboard then, yeah, and then I did right. after that. After I did, I, I did um, 
to the American one then. Uh, okay. was like we, we had, yeah. from the success of I Am Traveller with Kim RT were kind of very open to what we wanted to do next yeah. and me and Kim were adamant we wanted to go to America right. you know what I mean <laughs> the holiday <laughs> that's alone. it yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. so um, like originally we were going to do it about um, uh, and Native Americans African Americans as we did yeah. but also Mexicans and Muslims in America as well right. yeah, yeah. and what ended up happening was we kind of couldn't get enough connections right. and also we had to go too much of one into America to yeah. be there and all yeah, that yeah. and I just kind of made the call to Kim I said look Kim I think we should just concentrate more on these two yeah. you know what I mean because yeah. both, both of them also have that history in yeah. America you know yeah, yeah. Uh, with slavery and, uh, and, yeah. and colonisation yeah. you know so I think it's kind of and, and to concentrate more on two for two episodes so you can delve more into yeah. rather than split up with four different minorities for two episodes yeah. it wouldn't yeah, have worked yeah. you would know, have spread yourselves too thin I'd yeah. Material yeah. so that was yeah. good though. we met that call and it ended up being great you know it ended up yeah. being a great journey both of us went on you know yeah yeah yeah. it must have been a life changing experience it really was to be honest with you it really really was and like uh, meeting like uh, you know like kind of it was mad because some days you're like you're walking away like in Chicago and you're just kind of you're like you feel hopeless you just feel hopeless for these people you know really? like there's no way like I can't fathom any way at all that these people can get out of this. Like this, or that this can change. Yeah. Because it's systematic, you yeah. know, and it's just ingrained in people, you know, and the violence and that and the racism was just disgusting. It was on a yeah. different level, you know. Right. And it just couldn't. But then other days, you meet people like Tucson Warner, and they're just like a man, a figure, yeah. and they give you hope. Yeah. And yeah, it can change, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, so yeah. was that kinda yeah, yeah. and again with the with the Native Americans, First Nation people, whatever with different tribes want to be called different things, uh, they want to be called natives. Um same thing, like, you know, yeah. but even more le- um, even less hope because in the African American maybe they're a big enough population, tw- twenty, twenty five million, a lot of their activists actually say they've a lot more they're kind of they're kind of just fucking with the senses oh, just to really? let them think they have less power. Right. Which I believe, I think that's going on in Ireland with as well. Right. The Native Americans are only like a couple of million people. You know, so they have a much smaller population. But yeah. also, the Native Amer- uh, the African Americans always have great speakers and they're yeah. loud people and they fight yeah, for the yeah. whites, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Natives are not, they're, they're more, more enclosed. Right. And, yeah, they're peaceful. Of, you know, so I kind of had that hope. Yeah. 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 So I kind of had less hope for them, you know. Right, okay. But uh, who knows, not with Donald Trump, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hope there. yeah, yeah. And then, so, uh, tell us a bit about Cardboard Gangster. So mm. this has been knocking around your head for years. Yeah, I just had the idea, like, I used to write when I was in school, and I used to do essays, and I loved writing. And I used to, like, you know, get my little A's and my little stars, and the yeah. book, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember actually having this teacher who encouraged me to write essays, Mr. Stack. And he was really, really encouraging. Like, and he loved what I was doing, loved my imagination. I used to write about the dreams I had and all. And right. Mad zany shit and fantasy shit too, you know, yeah. mad out there. Yeah. And we've only been put back in touch recently. Right. And he was like, because when he left, he gave me like an Oxford Dictionary and a book. Yeah. And he said, I hope you're not going to be the use of this whoever it's doing the blah, blah, blah. The only person he did it, he gave it to you know. Right, yeah. And that always stuck with me. Yeah, that was yeah. like he planted a seed, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when I got into acting, I decided I was going to write, you know. Yeah, Because yeah. it's kind of anything I've seen that was in the kind of gangland uh, genre, I yeah. wasn't satisfied with it. But in Ireland, right. and coming from Darndale, yeah. I, I, and, you know, I've seen and experienced a lot of stuff. And uh, I just went, I can do something authentic here, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was just an idea in my head for like three years. And then... I said at the mark then, and Mark, like I ended up writing Stalker with Mark, obviously, and I kind of had a bit more courage, and I learned a lot about the craft of writing, and even just had to structure a script. I didn't know either of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, yeah, so then I said I'd give it a go, and I, I just I was writing it for I think I got a hundred and I got a hundred and ninety page script, 
within five days I wrote 190 pages you know? and just like milling into it and I thought <laughs> like, it was a masterpiece you know <laughs> so I started sending around to people who were respected and I soon realised it wasn't a masterpiece <laughs> and it was getting destroyed so I kind of you know that some people will go and do a masters in screenwriting I'm not saying I'm that equivalent yeah. but I got it a lot quicker because I was just destroyed by people you know and yeah, I learned yeah. the most yeah. you know the most simple little mistakes I was making I learned them harshly right. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Mark was always a supporter and always read every every draft he read like I was banging out two drafts a week and he was reading them for me you know right. and then I was going to direct it but I was never going to be able to get the budget so it's only one person I trusted was Mark you know okay. and I also knew that there was things with the script that I couldn't sacrifice me being a very self-indulgent actor <laughs> and these big long ten page scenes with great dialogue and all <laughs> and I, I couldn't I was I couldn't and now we could do it no problem but it was yeah. my first kind of learning experience yeah couldn't cut the fat, you know. Yeah, yeah And yeah. me and Mark talked about that, and I just said, "Look, Mark," and, I, and as well, he knew how to kind of uh, look at it objectively because I wouldn't have been able to look at it from from an outsider's perspective as to what's interesting. Yeah. Only kind of, I was going to more kind of internal stuff, and Mark kind of talking about more external stuff and dialogue, yeah. character stuff as well, right. as to what's really interesting. And it was already there, but I didn't amplify it. And he was able to kind of bring that out. Yeah. And then he'd meet me every week when he started writing it. Right. And we'd meet like for about six hours, and he'd ask me a million questions. So what do you think about this? And then he'd run me by his next idea, and I'd say yeah or no or whatever, and we'd yeah. talk. But and he did that for about nine months then. Okay. And then it ended up being what it was then. Brilliant. Which was a tight 96 page script. We <laughs> <laughs> was shot in 15 fucking days. 15 days? Yeah, wow. nearly broke our fucking backs. Yeah. And uh, I believe broke all sorts of records for Irish release. And yeah, man, it was it was sweet because uh, like we didn't get back, like, look, I'm just going to say it straight up, a party out of them already in the past. Film board wouldn't support us. Um, and people are like are literally even afraid to even say that right. and that's not a criticism yeah, yeah. but people are even afraid to say the film board is like that's yeah. how much in fear right. people are of yeah, the film yeah. board you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. it's but just they a wouldn't. fact they didn't, yeah, it's yeah. Just, they didn't yeah. support us and they actually turned us down two or three times right. and um, and then yeah we basically destroyed every film that they've had out this year in the box yeah. office yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't even give a shit about that that kind of stuff but it was kind of sweet yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a moral victory uh, yeah it is Yeah, yeah it absolutely is yeah. you know so yeah. so yeah that happened and then uh, now I think it's number one on the DVD as well at the moment as well that's brilliant and then critically the great we won like we, we like we didn't really we didn't win any festivals in Ireland and it's not a fuck you with any festivals in Ireland but most of them were supported by the film board anyway so I can't fathom how you'd win best film at a film, a film festival in Ireland if the film board didn't support you, especially in the feature category, because yeah. like a fuck you to the film board. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't win any money in Ireland anyway, right? And okay. we wanted to win one because it helps the momentum of getting into bigger festivals, you know? Yeah, yeah. And all the whole goal is, it's not about the award itself, it's about bettering everybody's career, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, but totally. we ended up going to Manchester and I made a prediction before Manchester. I said, we're going to win something in Manchester. Right. They're going to love the film. Yeah. It's like it's Manchester. Yeah. And they love the kind of social realist. Yeah. And it's not social realist exactly, but it's about halfway between there and a, yeah, and a, yeah. and a, and a genre piece. It's halfway yeah. there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we went there and we like we we won like best film, best overall film, whatever that means. Best actor for me, and then yeah. like seven second place special mentions and that you know. Yeah. And then we went to Newport. Definitely thought we were never going to win on there. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. even think they'd understand us. Yeah. We won best outstanding <laughs> achievement in foreign film. That's incredible. Uh, so yeah, and then a few other things I think we won and and uh, Rising Star Awards came from and all this kind of thing. You know, we yeah. just well, a good old ball of it in the end. Yeah. But it ended up being kind of a you know. The, um, we got our second bet with it. The first bet wasn't, you know, and I was like, all oh, right, this, this is going to be lost, this film now, you okay, know? Right. So don't yeah. take no for an answer. Yeah, don't take no for an answer yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, you know? Keep pushing through. And will it get a, a release anywhere else, maybe? It's, 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 I know it's on a video on demand as well. Right. And then, 
I, I don't know if we're allowed to, yeah. well I think it's going to be on Netflix or something it might oh, be on Netflix yeah. soon yeah, yeah. so yeah. what's uh, what's next on for television you? as well lovely yeah. uh, what's uh, next for you well I'm doing you know man like what you were saying Paul mm. you're you're starting to make your own stuff and all and, and even produce and whatever that's what I'm going to do yeah. I've already kind of set up three short films I'm going to produce before Christmas oh, and I'm going to set up my own production company and uh, yeah then I'm going to do that kind of stuff and then I'm uh, I'm writing like I'm writing a few different things I'm writing three different scripts and I'm writing them at once and it goes back to this thing of boredom I get very bored you know yeah, so yeah. what I do is I mark out a week for each you know and I'll just write for a week Give it and a if, break. I get any, if anything just comes to me about a different script I immediately write it down but I'll just continue one week or one week here and I jump from scripts to scripts you know and one of them is like just a, it's like a, it's basically essentially it's about where I grew up and and uh, a story that's never never kind of been told an Irish story that's never been told you know and especially from a traveller perspective yeah. and kind of about how a culture had been had been uh, deformed through uh, assimilation, you know, and, mm. and the results of assimilation. And that's the sort of bigger picture political narrative. Yeah. But then the other narrative is a very personal story. And that's about loss and family loss, but how family come together kind of strength. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a drama, and I'm writing it now at the moment, so... Hopefully one day we get that funded. Yeah, any yeah. romantic comedies or anything? Nah, sorry, man. <laughs> I might do one one day, you never know, just to fuck shit up, you know? Yeah. And are you... Mostly interested in doing your own stuff, or would you like you know if a Hollywood film came along, would you be happy? Oh man, to do like that kind years of thing? ago, I used to say, you know, I'm just an artist, you know. That <laughs> oh. would fucking sell me arse to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, man. I don't give a fuck. Like honestly, like I've kind of like I, I, I just came like I'm not gonna do anything, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I've just came to the conclusion, man. My acting career, you just have to be a fucking hooker. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I want me directing career when I get into directing. You yeah, know, I've only yeah. ever directed documentary. Yeah. Um, but when I get into narrative stuff, I'm actually waiting to hear back from the film board, but <laughs> that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> but a short. <laughs> well, but yeah, I want that to be. I want that board. to be the pure. You know, yeah, and yeah. the one that I don't. I don't. I wouldn't sell out. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll just do stuff I like. And I, yeah. I've only like about three scripts that I want to do. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I probably would never direct again. But I want to tell those stories. Right. And then I have a couple of other scripts that I don't want to direct them. You know. Right. So the ones that's really personal, I want to kind of give to myself and. Yeah. You know, do them so. Cool. I, well, yeah, we're kind of talking about rejection and stuff there. You you obviously have a good attitude. You let it flo- oh, wash over you. Yeah. I get rejected on me like that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess you just have to just, yeah, you take it on the chin. Don't yeah. you use the, the boxing metaphor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously you, you're going to have that initial anger when you get rejected, but you have to just... Oh, man, like even look, man, even boxing actually... As a self, boxing gave me a great thing for acting. It gave me, yeah. gave me discipline, but also gave me perspective, yeah. right? Because I used to, uh, I used to train, uh, train twice a day, six days a week. Coming up to a, uh, uh, coming up to competition, I train three times a day. I eat one apple and one can of tuna for the last week. I would lose about three stone in about two and a half weeks. Yeah. And it was absolute torture. Like I mean, yeah. I've never experienced nothing like it. Yeah. And yeah. then we just breezed into this game. And we're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I don't give a. And an absolute torture. And then you go and you get robbed. And then you break your heart. And then you yeah, go yeah. in there. Well, you get rejected. You don't get a film. Who gives a bollocks? Yeah, right, it doesn't right, feel right, like right. the real world even to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get over. Is that all you have? You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, you don't yeah, really yeah. give a fuck to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Again, bare knuckle fight. Did all that? Get punched in the face. Yeah, wanting yeah, to fight for family honor. Your hand is broke. 
And then you're going about, like, giving out a bit of wanky fucking audition or something. You know? Nobody cared, to be honest with you. You know, and that's a bad kind of a part of the problem is we too much fucking shit talking in this industry. Right. And it fucking drives me mad. Right. So much procrastination. And, you yeah. know, we should work together and we'll do something then, but we'll have a meeting yeah. then. Would you fuck off? Let's just fucking do it. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. And let's stop waiting for the fucking yes as well. Yeah. I don't mind. I'll just do it. Let's go yeah, and do yeah, it. Yeah. Like you, It's like Franz Vorkobler said something. He says, if you, if you decide you're going to do it and then you go to do it and you go to make to do it, then you'll do it. Yeah. It'll all happen. It'll all yeah. happen. Yeah, but yeah. you have to make everybody else believe that you're going to do it. Yeah. And I'm 100%. That's all the law of attraction shit. I believe yeah. it. Yeah, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you believe it, people believe it. Yeah, and yeah. they come to you. Yeah, they yeah. come in the groves. I've seen it myself. Yeah. They, they will come if you believe. You make them believe and you'll inspire people and they'll come all around you and everybody will help you and you'll fucking do it. That's what we need. We need more of that. I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks a million for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for having me, lads. You're very good. Very good. Thanks a million.